We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And right here next to me, I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. Basics. Man, I got my time back. We got back. it the first time. Way to go. All right, cool. And we've been having a fun time here uh, last week. We want to say again a thank you to the third and fourth graders there of Trinity Lutheran School in uh, Stewartson, Illinois. Uh, they heard that our writers had left us. They, our writers also had gone back to school, to junior high grade school. And so uh, uh, their, their teacher there, uh, Mrs. Uh, Sherry Jesgars, she's sent us some of the kids' jokes to share with you. Thanks for coming you, to the rescue, you kids. Got a, you got a couple of them there? Oh, yeah, I sure All do. Right. Okay, okay. from Rachel here, she writes, Why was the elephant in the phone booth? Oh, that's a good one, Rachel. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Why know. was making a phone call? Because he had to call his Ella friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just impressed that the guy found a phone booth. That's, you know, that's, those are a rare find nowadays. <laughs> oh, look, there's an elephant in a phone. Oh, look, there's a phone booth. I know. Okay. Yeah, the impressive. <laughs> All right, so Henry. Henry's got us a kind of, we've got kind of a, a uh, agricultural theme oh, here. Oh, very nice. And we know okay. there's a lot of farmers that listen to us on their tractors. Perfect. Did you know that? Honestly, there really? are people that Very contact good. us. They're out there working on their combines How and listening cool. to Wrestling with the Basics. So Henry says, why are farmers cruel? No, no, he doesn't. You're not really cruel farmers, but it's a joke. Why are farmers cruel? Oh, uh, why, John? Because they pull corn by the ears. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and then what, was, what, what, what has three horns? And gives milk. I don't know what has three horns. A uh, milk truck. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, very and nice. Just, just as you were going, because you're thinking bull, right? When you got two yeah, horns. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, how do bulls pay? How do they, they pay? They, yeah, how do they pay? Uh, I don't know. They, they charge. They, they charge. Oh. <laughs> the egg jokes. The egg jokes. Very Thank nice. Oh, All right, I love you got it. another one? You got another one? Well, here's another oh, egg related joke. What's a horse's favorite color? <laughs> Everyone knows it's navy. <laughs> well, this runs wrong. <laughs> I didn't realize this. This is just a, another agriculture joke. What does uh, what does old McDonald say when he gets hurt? <laughs> e i e i. Ow! <laughs> I like that. I that like that's that. a keeper. Those are all good that's ones. a keeper. All right. Thank Very you. Nice. Thank you so much. Those are actually oh, were not bad. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks, kids, for oh, keeping man, us they're, going. They're setting a standard, though, that I don't know that we can follow through <laughs> when we're right. done with these. What are we going to do? <laughs> all right. All right. Where is it? Uh, I don't find it anymore. I, what have they done with See, that? See, they, they, our, our they sound effects up. buttons are all in different places now, so we're trying to figure uh, out what's what here. Oh, I didn't even see it anymore. Let's see here. Is it even on this page anymore? Well, which one are you trying? 
trying to find the I'm Charlie trying, Brown yeah, one? There's yeah. a, oh, that's right in front of me. There Gosh. you go. All right, now. There's no time for foolishness. Thank you. Perfect. That is our most used sound effect, by it the is. way. I, I have why no idea is. why that is. But <laughs> why would that be? <laughs> Thank you, Charlie Brown, for Don't you know sarcasm when you hear it? <laughs> oh, nice. All right, James. We're doing James. I'm so yes. excited. Before you start, can I say something? Yeah, please. So is it I, another put down on no, the book of no, James? No, no, no. In fact, I've been reading the book of Concord, which we would recommend to all of our listeners. My 92-year-old father-in-law is reading the book of Concord. Yeah, good says, for him. Why didn't somebody tell me about this before? He says there's just all kinds of really great basic biblical teachings there in the book of Concord. So anyway, reading in the Apology Whoa. Uh, 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 of the Augsburg Confession, and it spends a whole page after page defending what James says. Whoa. Because, of course, what the opponents of salvation by faith were using James for was to say, no, you're wrong. You're not saved by faith. Here's James. He says you're uh, not saved work, by yeah. faith. But here's the cool thing that was pointed out in the Apology from the very beginning of James. Here's what it says. Chapter 1, verse uh, 18. Of his, that's God's, of God's own will, of Jesus' own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that she would be a kind of first fruits of creatures. And and so the point is, James would have never thought that what he's been teaching us these last weeks were something you needed to do to be saved. No, he says from the very beginning, here's salvation. It comes from this word of truth of God. It's what gives us a new birth, right? We're now God's children. And now we're simply saying, well, if you really are this wonderful tree of God, this wonderful plant of God, what kind of fruits would you be bearing forth? And that's actually what you've been elaborating to us on the last few weeks. Well put. And I, I think that's good to acknowledge, though, that someone could take the book of James Potentially, and really kind of twist misuse it to it, mean sure. misuse it, uh, misinterpret it to mean, yeah, just this, this idea of just works or what matters and take faith out of the equation and take Christ ultimately out no. of the equation. No, 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 that's not oh. it. But I, I think that that's a great, great way of putting it, this picture of the fruit that's born in faith, rooted and, in Christ. And, and the formula of Concord said just what you said, that when you make it about your works, you literally have taken Christ out of the equation then, yeah. haven't you? What is there any need for Jesus exactly. if it's just about doing these good things. Well, then we really don't need Jesus, especially the Jesus who suffers and dies on the cross and then rises again. So, all right, I'm, I'm beginning to like James a little bit better. I'm hoping now in this last episode you'll give me something that'll really convince me that, yeah, James is maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it back in my Bible. <laughs> I, I didn't throw the pages away. I just tore them out, and I'm you ready to them. tape them okay. back in. All right, fair yes. enough. All right, we'll yeah. see what we can do here. I thought, all you right. know, though I can't throw them away, but, but okay. 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 So where are we going? So let's. We are going to sort of wrap things up with the Book of James today. All right. So this is our last shot of convention. Wait a second. No, no. I thought you wanted me to put them back in. You didn't want me to use them as wrapping paper, do you? Uh, Ah, Yeah. I've been running third and fourth (laughs) graders too long, haven't I? That must be it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think it has anything to do with the third and fourth graders, John. Okay. So, no, I'm not going to wrap up something with it, <laughs> yes, but we are going yeah, to yeah. wrap up okay, yeah, the book yeah, of James. Yeah, we, we got it. We okay. Got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, we're going to be in James chapter 5, last last uh, chapter right. of the, the book of, of uh, James, and we're going to pick up with verse 13. Now, now what happens, I think, in these last verses yeah. is, is James is kind of firing stuff away, you know, uh, one after another, uh, different wisdom for living as a child of God, living in Christ. 
and and it's thing after thing after thing. So let's I think there's some cohesion to, to this, okay? And that's what I want to point out. This overarching theme in some of these verses and then two verses in particular we want to 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 zoom in on. But the theme we want to keep in mind as you read this is is the importance of Christian community. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, because I I think that that you know, in James' days, and also certainly today, there's this idea that, that we can do this on our own. It can kind of just be me and Jesus. Yeah. And, and okay, we not, need Jesus, right? And yeah, he loves us very yeah. much as individuals. But there's also this value, precious value, of Christian community, too, living together in the the body of Christ. So as, as, as Pastor John reads this, keep that in mind. Uh, what does this have to do with Christian community? What does James have to say to us about that and its importance? There is no such thing as a Christian hermit. Hey, oh, there Christian, you go. It's always like that. Sounds like a together. Luther thing too, maybe. But uh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. And and then you even think of Luther and you know his uh, criticism of monasticism and sort of hiding out maybe um, behind the walls of the monastery. Yeah, no, no. Um, think of the good that can be done in the world in our vocation, and I think particularly here the good that can be done among fellow Christians in worship in Christian community. Um, as another piece of wisdom literature says in the Old Testament, as iron sharpens iron, wow. so one man sharpens another. So things along those lines, we we need each other. We're not we're three, not hermits. Three, three strands are stronger than. Oh yeah, there you go. One, yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, okay. so so let's uh, let's pick up in chapter five, beginning with verse uh, thirteen and uh, following. Okay, we'll get through the end of the book. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointed him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins." And that's how the book ends. Isn't that yeah, interesting? Yeah. So it really ends with this admonition about about community, and especially someone who's maybe wandering away from yep, that community yep. and wandering away from from their savior. Um, so as we read that, I think it's interesting that even just the, the language he uses and the the, uh, the 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 pronouns he uses. Anyone among you, you know, this group, you, okay. this plural, yeah. you, and uh, you all, you as all, we say down yeah, south. yeah, yeah. So uh, all of this is an instruction in terms of of the church and in relationship to each other. How do we interact as Christians and the importance of that? And I I think that, that that God has just wired us for community as Christians, but even even just as, as human beings and even yes. in creation, I think that there's just this this hardwired in creation community so often. I think we see that with uh, even animals. Um, this idea that you know sheep, for instance, they they they're together in a group. In this, we, we flock. really are having an agricultural theme. We, this I, we episode, are. Aren't I, we? I mean, this was not yeah, intentional, yeah, but what, yeah. the third and fourth graders, they were right on it. Um, but they're in together in that flock, and and they they know their strength there in numbers. And if one starts to to stray and wander away, guess what? The predator is going to get it. It's easy prey. 
well, you know, the the the, the connection is pretty clear, right? Yeah. In Christian community too, there, there's strength in numbers. There's strength in community. Not that the more numbers you have, the better, you know, church it is or something like that. No, it's just this idea that don't be alone. Be together with brothers and sisters in Christ, or else, boy, as you start to wander away, as verse 19 says, you're an easy target. For that one who prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour Satan. Now, you said a very profound thing in that, though, when you talked about brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. Because, see, I was thinking, well, yeah, it's probably good for sheep to all hang out together. Yeah. It makes it easier for the wolf when they need something to eat. There's all together. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's not just the being together, but it's the being together with the Good Shepherd oh, Jesus. Perfect point. That's yes. what makes it better to be together. Yeah. Exactly. And I and that's the context that James is writing in. He's not just talking about, you know, it's kinda nice to hang out over at the uh the, yeah. the YMCA yeah. together, you know, go over to the, the VFW hall. You know, those things are fine. But no, this is distinctly Christian community, brothers and sisters in Christ gathered around the, the good shepherd who cares for the sheep. Exactly. And, and, and the thought occurred to me, why that's crucial is because if you take Christ out, if you take this thing that he talked about in the first chapter about the first fruits of, of what has happened through this word that God has given us, we'll just fall into all these things we've been talking about the last few weeks. So we'll be a bunch of people and we'll be cursing each other and we'll be uh, uh, distinguishing between each other, preferring one over the other. It's what we do in groups. We're really good in groups yep. in terms of yep. doing that. But when Christ comes into that group, then the group becomes a different thing, has a totally different function than what it does out in the world. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I think that that's a great lead into to one of the two, ah, okay. one of two main points I want to make, right. because here's the deal: when you're in Christian community, um, guess what? It ain't perfect, okay? No. And I don't want to give that impression. When you're even in the community of the church, you're gathered together, brothers and sisters in Christ, the redeemed. But it are also still a bunch of sinners, right? Yeah. Um, there's still people who are sinner and saint, and because of that, James, I think, has something pretty important to say. When it comes to community. So we're going to skip to verse 16 that you read. Um, and, and if you go ahead, if you could read uh, that, that first part of I verse knew, 16 again. I knew again. that was the oh, verse Oh, is that right? Go You're to. good. Yes. Well, when you that. started talking that way, I knew you were going to say, therefore confess your sins to one another. And you want the second part too? And pray oh, sure. for one another? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Confess our sins to one another and also pray for one another. Um <laughs> That's the thing. We're going to sin against each other. It's it's yeah. inevitable. We're yep. sinners, yep. right? And I think that sometimes people leave the church, stray from the church, and the reason why, or at least the excuse they might use, is, well, they're a bunch of hypocrites. They're a bunch of sinners at the church. Why should I be a part of that? Yeah. And I think for us to be the first ones to admit, well, you're right. We are a bunch yeah. of hypocrites and sinners in the church, but we're ones that, by God's grace, confess our sins to one another and pray for each other that we might be healed. I love that. Pray for one another. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, because that's the response then, because otherwise our fleshly response would be, well, yeah, you're right, and to criticize, and what are you going to do to make up for that? You know, I mean, that would be our response to be judgmental, but the response in Christ is to pray, pray, which means, again, of course, turning back to God, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we, we do that hopefully in our in worship. We have the prayer of the church. Sometimes that takes a while because at a sense man, we usually announce, you know, who's yeah. sick and, and who's just celebrating anniversary and all those other things. And it takes a little while to do. But, hey, we're, we're fulfilling what, what James instructs us, what God's words instructs us. Pray for one another and hopefully do that in our personal lives, too. Right. Um, yeah. 
And and the forgiving one another is so important. I, I think one way to look at the church is like a family, and in the family you have all sorts of people, right? You have so the quirky uncle, you know, you have the, the uppity <laughs> aunt who kind of thinks she's better than everyone else. Um, I don't know, at least at least in oh, families I'm familiar Matt's with. That's aunt and uncle uh-oh, are listening. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Um, you know, They're all saying, am I the quirky uncle? Am I the aunt? The company? Okay. You know who you are. No. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm definitely not talking about Lisa's family, my wife's family. This is <laughs> yeah, you not better, about you her son, the family. Yeah. No, no, not yeah. at all. Um, but I, I think the same in the church. We've got quirky, weird people in the pews of the church. We've got uppity people. We've Look got what you all got for sorts. pastors. What well, would you expect? What do you expect? <laughs> for that pew, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, we... We confess our sins to one another. When we have wronged each other, when we've offended, we confess that. So one of the the orders of service we use, uh, setting four, you know, if you use Lutheran service book, yeah. it talks about confessing our sin in the confession. We said, let us confess before God and one another that we've sinned. Don't you and like I think that that's part? Significant. I like that liturgy, So yeah. we're confessing before God, like we do in the Lord's Prayer, right? Uh, but we're also confessing before one another. And I think when we really take that seriously, we're, we're laying bare before everyone, hey, I'm I'm a crummy, sinful, rotten, deserving of hell person. Yeah. And to confess that to others. And then to hear those words of absolution and forgiveness together, you are forgiven, right? But even even more so than that, I think, is this admonition when we've conf- when we have directly offended someone oh, in the yeah. body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Confess your sins to one another. And that idea, you know, that we see illustrated in Matthew 18, for instance, that we go to that person, confess it. And then we have this beautiful gift as the people of God to be able to say, I forgive you. You're forgiven for Jesus' sake. And and, and now you've actually kind of gone back into what you had last week where you talked about the fact that rather than using your tongue to spread rumors and tell things about other people oh, and yeah, gossip about yeah, them. Very good, yeah. Because the flip side of that is if someone has offended you in the church, then go and talk to them. This is your brother. And share with them, as the text says in Matthew 18, that you might regain your brother. Yeah. That's what you want. You're hoping he will say, yeah, I'm sorry. So that you can then say, well, I'm glad you see my way. But rather say, oh, man, boy, I'm so glad because yeah. I love you and I forgive you. And, you know, I've probably done similar things myself. Yeah. yeah. And where else are you going to find that? You know, except Nowhere among else except Christians. Except in the church. Except exactly in the church. right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all because of Christ, that good shepherd, to be able to pronounce that. What a gift. What a gift. And I think really forgiveness is how an, an imperfect family shows love for each other. Yeah. So whether it's our own family and <laughs> the only way we're going to stick together is we if we learn how to forgive each other, same with the family of God. Uh, it's an imperfect place. But that imperfect family, we show love by forgiving each other. I always share those thoughts with the couples that come in to prepare for marriage. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, which is appropriate because actual sure. marriage is like the microcosm of the church, right? Christ and his church, husband and wife. Yep. But I think what's so neat about that is what we want is not someone who loves us when we are nice Yes. That's how it works. Everybody does that. That's yep. what Jesus says. Even the tax collectors and the sinners do that. But what we're looking for is someone who will love me when I have failed, when I've been less than what I should be. Uh, and, and to go up to the supper table and to stand there with your spouse and know, 
I am a weak, failing people. I've done things wrong. My tongue has gone afoul probably sometimes this week. And to know that the person standing next to me is also that same kind of weak, flawed person. And yet to hear the Lord Jesus Christ say, this is for you, for both of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And then to know that you have that mutual love. That's what's great, to know there's somebody out there that loves you, not just when you're good, but is with you and loves you even when you have been somewhat less than what you should be, yeah. or even a lot more, yeah. a lot less than what you should be. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. the beauty of it. And that, I've heard it said that your spouse is the person that you will sin against the most, but it's well, also the— she's there seven days a week, exactly. 24 hours a I know. day. It only yeah. makes sense. But they're also the person you'll be able to forgive the most, oh, yeah. right? You know. Yeah. And 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 they you likewise. So um, you know a lot of sin in between. I, I think that's that's key to a marriage, and uh, it only makes sense because that is that microcosm of us in Christ. That's yeah. what he said. Confess, pray. That's what you do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, right, in, in the time we have left, just one more thing about have, Christian okay. community, verse right. nineteen. If verse you could 19, reread that, I can read it. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, oh, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Yeah. So uh, we have this responsibility to each other. If we see someone wandering away, maybe someone who has been in worship on a regular basis, someone who's been there with their family, someone who who comes to the the Lord's table regularly, and all of a sudden starts to wander away, we should show concern for that one who's wandering. Um, we should seek them out, bring them back. That's what Christian community does. That's what we do as pastors. That's what we do as elders in our congregation. But that's what we should all do as Christian community. Uh, someone who is wandering away, bring them back. Someone in our own family who, who's wandering away. Maybe they've gone off to college and, you know, they're just kind of wondering what it is they believe. Bring them back. Bring them into the fold. You know, show Christian concern, love, care for them. The when I was thinking of that word wandering, my mind went back to that uh, the events of the summer. Remember the, that oh, soccer yeah. team, that yeah. Thai soccer team, who wandered away yeah. into this cave a little too far, and because the waters got stuck there, um, and then the rescue team and efforts internationally banded together to save them. One of those individuals that tried to help was the Thai Navy SEAL. And if I remember the story right, he goes into the cave to, to bring them yeah. air, gives them the air, but on the way back, he dies. Yeah. You know, this guy dies for the sake of these people uh, to bring them back from their, their wandering to save them. And, you know, it, it reminds me of Jesus Christ, right? That we have wandered away. We are in a situation where we're as good as dead, right? There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We can't swim out of that cavern, no way. And Jesus comes and rescues. And the what makes Jesus rescue even more incredible than this Navy SEAL, one of the reasons is Jesus knows he's not going to <laughs> survive. Yeah. He knows he's yeah. going to die, right? Yeah. And he comes anyway. That's the remarkable yeah. thing. Yeah. Intentionally to lay down his life on the cross to give us rescue. And because Jesus has rescued us from our wandering, forgiven us, so also now, as the forgiven children of God, we are called to also, as it says, bring back people from their wandering, right? Whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering, save his soul from death, cover a multitude of sins. And, and, and I think, see, that's such an important illustration because the way you get people that wander is you don't walk, walk up to them and say, what's wrong with you, you lazy bum? How come you haven't been in church lately? <laughs> that probably <laughs> yeah. is not going to bring them back. But but like you say, Christ, again, in that beautiful picture of the shepherd of the sheep who goes out and he just keeps looking yes. for the sheep. Why? Because he just loves them and he 
hooks them in his arms. He carries them back. It's not a matter of trying to condemn people so they'll do what's right, but it's a matter of just showing this is the love that Christ has for us. This is the love that Christ has for you. So, all right. Any final thoughts? Sir, well, Matt? I just hope that that you can you know at least. Yeah, have a little more love for the book of James, Pastor John. I think I do, Matt, after oh, well, your presentation. Good. Yeah, yeah. You just I, made my day. I'm still a little troubled with that business about faith that he says in that one chapter. Maybe maybe in a couple weeks we can come back to James and wrestle with that really oh, good. Yeah, passage. yeah, we should. But anyway, thank you for the presentation and, and uh, for the emphasis on Christian community today. Yes, so important. Okay, well, we'll see you next week on Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.